Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. All right, to downtown Milwaukee, we go to uh, Jackson in Wisconsin. This is the 600 East building. And Although we should probably say this is the Giannis mural yeah, building, shouldn't we? <laughs> I was going to say, most people probably know it from the huge mural of Giannis. Which hasn't even been there all that long, right? It's only been there maybe a year or so. But now every time you walk past it, there's people taking selfies. And yeah, I remember when Mauricio Ramirez, the artist, was doing the artwork all the media was following the progress of this. Uh, we were among them, and it was really amazing to see this mural take shape, like right before our very eyes as a city, to watch this you know, star come to life on the side of this historic building that actually is the second oldest building on the block. Is that right? It is, yeah. For a short time, there were three Wisconsin gas buildings on the building, on the block, I'm sorry. The oldest one is now gone. The newest one is the one with the weather flame on top. Yeah, the color-changing yep. flame. Mm-hmm. And the one we're talking about is the one that was in the middle in terms of age. So that is a 1913 building, correct? Yep, yep. And it's a three-story building that has a cafe on the first floor and a co-working space. And the top two floors are home to the Nelson Schmidt Agency, which is sort of like an ad agency, creative agency. And, of course, that big Giannis mural on the side, which we talked about kind of the process of watching this mural come to life. But uh, we should mention Mauricio Ramirez as a name that I think a lot of Milwaukeeans know now because of all of his artwork around the city. Really prolific artist who has you know gained notoriety here, but also in other cities too. Yeah, and downtown before he did Giannis, he had done a bunch of portraits that are really cool, sort of almost cubist yes. portraits that he did on like these utility boxes, yes. which mm-hmm. were just these sort of eyesore-like <laughs> rectangle boxes placed around downtown. And he painted them with like figures that make sense. You know, like on Water in Wisconsin, there's Solomon Juno because that's where his trading post was. Interestingly, right across from the Fister, there's one of architect Henry Koch, who we talk about all the time because he designed that building. A famous Milwaukee name. Yeah, so I love those. I think, you know, he's done a really good job. Yeah, and the building, you know, we mentioned the earliest building on that site uh, next door goes to 1901. This building dates to 1913, and then there was an addition in 1922, and then right next door in 1929, that big gas flame building that we all know and get the weather from now. Yeah, that, yeah. so Wisconsin Gas really sort of owned this side of the street between Jackson and Van Buren over the years from 1901 until they still, I guess, sort of do because we think of that building still as Wisconsin Gas. Well, coming up next in our conversation, uh, we talk more about the history of this building. As we said, it goes back to the early 1900s and also included a chapter for Spencerian College, which Mm -hmm. was there. And what I think is really interesting is how they rearranged these buildings and how like an exterior wall became an interior wall or vice versa. Yeah, We also have to tease that on the other side of the wall where the Honest Mural is, is another cool painting. Ah, yes, that's a great tease. Mm -hmm. Well, stick around. We got that next on Urban Spelunking. Do you want to know the secret behind the programming you love? It's all funded by the Honor System. As a public radio station, we're based on a very simple model. We try to do something meaningful, connecting with you through music and stories. And then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Are you one of them? Show your support by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org and joining today. All right, we are at the 600 East Building. This is right on the corner of Jackson and Wisconsin in downtown Milwaukee. We talked about the Giannis mural, but let's go back to the very beginning. Let's step through the timeline again, just to make that clear how these buildings came to be. Yeah, so sort of in the middle of the block, in 1901, there was this beautiful Alexander Eschweiler building built. 
for Wisconsin Gaslight Company. And then in 1913, they built next to it, to the west, where there had been a beautiful house that had been there for many years, was home to a well-known judge in town and well-known doctor. And they tore that down and they built this building. But when they built this building, they built it right up against the 1901 building. So the western exterior wall of the 1901 building became the east wall of this building. So that building that was built on, they only had built So they shared walls? a building. They had a common, yeah. So they had a common wall. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know we're getting a little nerdy here, but were the walls like two separate walls that touched or was it like they built three walls onto an existing wall? It looks like they built three walls onto an existing wall, although it's not quite that simple because of the shape of the building. But yeah. So then what happened was in 1922, they put another floor on this building that we're talking about today, which originally was a two-story building. So they made it a three-story building. But then in 29, they built the beautiful Art Deco Again, an Alexander Eschweiler building tower, which has the weather flame on top. And then they no longer needed the 1901 building anymore. So they had attempted to sell it and there was talk of turning it into a restaurant or a nightclub or something. All those things didn't happen. Ended up getting torn down in true Milwaukee fashion for a parking lot. And when they tore it down, they had to leave the west wall because it was the east wall of the other building. And this all was during what period? Like the 20s, right? So that happened in the 30s. Um, I don't know why that fascinates me so much for the time. Like thinking about buildings that move from different locations, oh, yeah. these additions onto existing buildings this, so they could just like slap on another building onto another building. It's like in the 30s. This is a digression, but if you'll allow me, you'll, I think you'll Yes, like please, yeah. When you're at the new Central Standard downtown on mm-hmm. Clybourne yeah. and Broadway, if you're standing and looking at the entrance to the right, you will see a little decorative element that's like sort of stuck onto the side near the ground like a carved piece of stone that is the only remnant left of the building that used to be on that parking lot right there. Oh, cool. For wow. some reason that survived. It's just and that I, one piece. <laughs> yes, yeah, just like one piece there. And um, I know they were building, you know, buildings way before the 30s, but just like I love the photos from this time where you see the construction methods, you know, with these early teams and the, these early techniques and mm-hmm. the, the teams you know, of horses. And yeah, things, horses right? and all these ropes and stuff. It is really interesting. Mm-hmm. It really is. And What we should say, though, is that 1901 building, when it was built and it had that exterior wall on the west facing the west, they painted near the rooftop a sign that said Wisconsin Gaslight. Right. So people coming Mm -hmm. up the avenue could see it easily. We see this on all sorts of buildings, right? Yeah, all the time you see that, right? But what happened was when they added the third floor to the 600 East building, that ended up getting covered up because when the... 600 East building was first built. You could still see it because it was only a two-story building. So it was still there peeking over the top. I see. Okay. But when they built the third floor, it was obscured. And so when Nelson Schmidt, which bought this building in 2008 as a new office space, and then in 2014 opened the 600 East Cafe, and then the co-working space, and then they made their office space on the second floor and left the third floor for a while. But then a few years ago, they decided to expand up also into the third floor. And when they started doing that work, they uncovered this old sign. Oh, okay. Somebody in their office, and amazingly to me, it's not Dan Nelson who, like, is the head of the company and is hugely into history and the history of this building, especially. He did not claim it as his own office. It was somebody else's office, and he let that person stay. Wow, what a guy. (laughs) guy. He passed on the ghost (laughs) sign. I'd have been like, you're out. This is mine now. (laughs) We see that every now and then where a ghost sign is discovered inside, right? Yeah, the old Boston store, uh there was one. Yeah, you see it every now and then. And, I mean, it's one thing to notice a cool ghost sign, but when you notice it inside and there's, like, this expansion story that's, like, a... 
advanced ghost sign. Yes. <laughs> Premium yes. ghost sign experience. Yeah. So this is super cool because what I love about it, it's a wall that has a history that's part of two separate buildings. And now because of the paintings on either side of it, it seems like sort of a reflection of that, right? Because the Giannis is definitely of the moment. And then this Wisconsin Gaslight sign from 1901 really just kind of sort of ties the past yeah. and present together, I think. Yeah, the whole century separates those two, right? I mean, yeah. so what about the architecture? Is this a Cream City building or what? Yeah, you know? it's a Cream City brick building. And it was, you know, when Dan Nelson first looked at it, it was, I think there was a printing company in the first floor. The upper floors were vacant. It was painted some kind of color and the windows were covered and it had these like fake columns outside. They were trying to mimic the building across the street, the Northern Trust Bank building. But it was all done in sort of like a very, just sort of cheap, way. So the building looked, for all intents and purposes, like a vacant building in the middle of downtown, even though it wasn't vacant. Nelson decided to buy it and, like, brought back as much as he could. You know, like, he's super excited about the history of this building. He can tell you all about, like, the when I went inside, I noticed there's these, like, steel girders for supports when it was built. It had a steel frame. You gotta define girders quick. Yeah, just like I-beams, you know. I-beams, girders. Yeah. Got and, it. Um, <laughs> and they were bolted together with rivets, which in the old days they used to heat them up so that they would sort of shrink down a little. Then they'd put them in the hole in the beam and hammer them in. And then as they cooled off, they would expand. So mm -hmm. that, that would help hold them in place. Yeah. But sometimes there were sort of duds that didn't really work out. And he found those in the walls of the building. He found like a bunch of like discarded dud. Oh, wow. And stuff. So he's really into all that. But so then he wanted to have a food option for his employees because at the time there wasn't a ton right around there that was sort of fast, casual, kind of grab and go stuff. and. So he opened this cafe and it's become like a really popular lunch and coffee spot in the neighborhood. And it's basically his company cafeteria, but open to everybody. And then he renovated the second floor of the building, which is really nice, exposed the ceilings, really high ceilings, exposed the brick, and then did the same more recently on the third floor, which is when he found the sign. Yeah, it's great to see, you know, especially a building that's got this historic material, the Cream City, being used again. And, you know, whenever you see a new tenant going in or a new ownership, a new pride for one of these buildings that could have gone either way, right? I mean, it didn't oh, yeah. have to stay there. It was vacant. It's our favorite story to talk about on Urban Spelunking. It totally is, and it, because it really has helped energize this corner, I think. Let's talk about the Spencerian College that was there. What's oh, the story yeah. with that? So Spencerian College, which had been further down Wisconsin Avenue for a long time. It started in the late 1800s, and it was started by the Spencer family, who had similar colleges all around the country, actually, various branches of the family. And they were like business colleges. They taught like accounting. They taught secretarial skills. They taught court reporting. So mm -hmm. lots of these different sort of jobs. And very important for women because it was a, a lot of these were jobs for women in the workplace. So it, my grandmother was one of them. She went there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And, Did um, you know her shorthand? I don't know. She must know shorthand. I'll have to ask her. I'm going to see her next week when it's her 100th birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she went there and she got a job as a secretary after that. And it was a pathway for many women into the workplace. But it wasn't just women. There were lots of men that went there, too. And actually, the accounting and the business degrees and stuff were popular with people who were already in business to send their children there. Like all of the like beer barons sent their kids there to learn business and stuff. You know? I see. And then ultimately they moved out and they built their own building on 27th and Kilbourne. But I think they sort of overextended themselves and then they couldn't make the payments. And I think the landscape was probably changing. Shorthand wasn't quite as Shorthand, in demand. Right, right. So they ended up going out of business. I did see a video recently on social media that was like, we should bring back shorthand. They showed phonetically how it works. And yeah. I'm trying to imagine learning that. It's, you know, I'm sure a huge skill that people needed for a period. Oh, yeah. And it's 
crazy because it looks like a foreign language. <laughs> yeah, I guess squiggles. in a sense it yeah, is. It right? is. Yeah. It's all phonetic, right? It's like court reporting, right? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, I have a good feeling that if you're listening to Urban Spelunking, you probably appreciate a good ghost sign as much as we do. So definitely go to On Milwaukee and check out the rare interior ghost sign that Bobby found in this story. You can find a link to it right in the description box of this player that you're using to listen to us right now. Just click the info box and go right to On Milwaukee and make sure you subscribe. We put out new episodes every Thursday from On Milwaukee and 88.9 and we always include those links to Bobby's story so you can get the full picture at On Milwaukee. And coming up next week, we don't know where we're going. We don't know yet. It's a mystery. We'll leave it there. All right, Bobby, we'll talk to you next week. Talk to you soon.